Welcome to episode number 296 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, the 21st of May, 2013. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. Welcome. Hey, Krista. Yeah. How are things? Excellent. Good. How about you? Oh, excellent. What's new? Always excellent. Um, you know, nothing too new. Just work, 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 work. Category 5. What else? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I, got, I said yes to a boy. Nice. Just met him. Congratulations, buddy. Thanks. Just met him. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to talk in the chat room after the show and tell everybody all about it. It was sparkly, so I got dazed and confused. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. But Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a look at what's coming up in the newsroom. More important, awesome things. Mm-hmm. So, even the government can't stop blueprints of a 3D printed gun. Hmm. Rescue robots are getting a boost in their abilities thanks to a tiny insect. Stick around to find out how. According to a Senate committee, Apple is one of the largest tax avoiders in the U.S. What could this mean for the technology giant? Look out, your Yahoo account may not be safe. And finally, a $15 million million computer is being installed at a NASA facility to give Google the power to create a cybernetic intelligence. That's a mouthful. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Awesome. Hey, tonight we're going to be learning all about how to use the cloud. The cloud to speed up your website by simply changing a couple of lines of code to host your JavaScript elsewhere. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. Hey, check out our mobile website, m.cat5.tv. It has been upgraded along with a bunch of features on our main website, category5.tv. But our mobile site has been upgraded this week, and you should be able to watch live across any mobile device. doesn't matter if you're on uh, BlackBerry, uh, iOS, Android, Windows Mobile. I think pretty much any smartphone you'll be able to tune in. So check that out, m.cat5.tv. And, of course, we've got uh, radio as well. We've got Category 5 Technology Radio, which is available to you if you're driving around and you don't think it's quite safe to actually use your mobile handheld and watch the show while you're driving. I know, you know, people... please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Danger. Oh, Rob, you said something really cool. (laughs) (laughs) It happens sometimes. It does. Every once in a while. Just like that. We are the cause of, like, 14 accidents every Tuesday night. It's so true. be careful. <laughs> of course, nobody's hurt. It's just, you know, just hitting little speed bumps yeah, and things. Well. you got to be careful of those speed bumps. But regardless, uh, yeah, right. the radio uh, feature is pretty awesome as well for you to be able to listen to the live show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and Category that's 5 for, TV. <laughs> getting used to it, too. It's <laughs> a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Thanks, Krista. Uh, we've added a new feature on our website. I mentioned, yeah. a, you know, we've been doing a couple of little things here and there to improve things for you. But on our website, category5.tv, uh, you'll see that actually in the show notes for episodes now, uh, we have a really cool new feature. I know it seems like, you know, this. you, you say, oh, galleries, that's cool. But look at this. We've actually got pictures, high-res pictures And these are provided a lot of times from uh, our our resident friend, Heather Bailey Brown. And uh, we love having these on our website. So be able to get access to to those photos right on our website. We've got the new gallery is going to be growing over the next little while. So how cool is that? Very cool. 
Welcome to our new registered viewers as well. We, do you have a list there of uh, some of the registrations that oh, we've had this I week? Oh, I do. These are all fantastic names. Mm. <laughs> there is uh, VA7MN. Would that be like Vaz- Vatman? Sure. Vatman. That sounds cool. It's like um. Batman, but it's Vatman. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. Just yeah, still cool, hold the though. vowels. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, oh, someone had fun with their uh, keyboard, ASDF, ASDF. Welcome. ASDF was taken, so they went with yeah, ASDF, double. ASDF. Way better. I wonder what their password is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it HJKL? <laughs> Twice. Yeah, and uh, Baloney Danza. Baloney Danza. Welcome. Nice to have you joining us here at Category 5 TV. Hey, if you'd like to become a registered viewer, it's free. Go to Category5.tv and you'll be able to get some cool features that are only available to registered viewers. You can get that at www.category5.tv. Tonight we're learning to make our websites faster using content distribution networks. And specifically we're looking at JavaScript tonight. So uh, you've got a website. I do. I was obviously have a website. One of the things that we have to really take into account when uh, when we're building our websites, when we're maintaining these websites, is that we want to have a performing, a really well performing website. You want people to be able to get there, mm-hmm. and it loads pretty much instantaneously. If we bring up Category Five TV, I'll bring up my browser. You know, things load awfully quick. I, I, you don't really notice a delay, and that's because a lot of work has gone into the fact that it should be right. really, really fast to have your website load. And, and it's tough. I mean, a website such as Category5.tv is very, um, how would you say, it's very rich in content. Yes. It's very visually rich. The graphics are exceptional. Graphic designer for hire over here. Shameless promotion. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. But how does it run so fast? Well, we take advantage of things like content distribution, minification, mm-hmm. and, and different things like that. So tonight we're kind of getting our feet wet and looking at a technology that's going to allow you to move JavaScript off of your own web server and put it into the cloud. Excellent. Yeah. So what is the cloud? I mean, the cloud, really, you've heard the term, is essentially just faster computers than your own server, and they're all interconnected. And so... Because they're interconnected, they talk to each other and they can determine which is going to be the best server to serve you up, the the viewer of the the website, to serve you up the content. So, for example, our content distribution network here at Category 5, we have positions in Japan, in America, several in America, a few in Canada, uh, some uh, in Europe as well. So that if you happen to go, you know, say you're in the Netherlands, for example. And you, uh, and you hit the website, you're going to actually be served up copies of files from a, a server that's more local to you rather than getting it from our Canadian server, for example. Content, dis- content distribution does exactly that. So how do we leverage that technology on simply JavaScript, for example? So I want to look at a couple of things. First thing that we're going to do is we're going to look at a, a tool that's called uh, fancy box because I don't know if you've used that before. Mm-hmm. It's a, a great free tool. I'm just going to go to fancybox.com, and when we oh no not that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> fancy apps. Pardon me. <laughs> don't know what that is that we just advertised. Fancyapps.com. Sometimes that'll happen. Oops. There we go. Live there. <laughs> I was going to say that was a really fancier looking site. <laughs> On fancy apps, you can get Fancy Box, and you can go license and download, and you can download. There's version 2.1.4. reason that we want to do that is we want to have simply a script that we know to be a reliable jQuery JavaScript uh, website mm-hmm. so that we can test this thing out. So what is, uh, you know, looking at what Fancy Box is, it's basically one of these kind of things. So you get light boxes and are able to go through photos in a, a gallery-type system, right? Very nice, but uses a lot of JavaScript because that's the nature of this kind of programming. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to put that up on our web server at demo.cat5.tv slash 015. Here we go. Demo.cat5.tv slash 015. And I've uploaded it to a folder called normal. And then you'll see in demo there's an actual demonstration copy of the script. 
There we go. So another tool that we can use that is really, really helpful to utilize uh, and to be able to determine the speed and performance and how we can improve upon those things on our website uh, is it's easily available through your browser. I'm going to bring it up here. It is gtmetrics.com, M-E-T-R-I-X. And you just paste in any URL there and hit go. And it's actually going to test our website to see how fast that website is. If you have a website, why don't you pop it in there, gtmetrics.com, and determine how fast your website runs compared to other websites on the web. And it also gives you some great su suggestions on how to make it faster. Huh? And then you can start looking at things and say, oh, here's some ways to make it a little bit faster. Good idea. Yeah. So my GT metrics report has come back. I've got an E for page speed and a C for Y slow. And page load time is 0 0.73 seconds. Not too bad, but considering all it is is fancy box, that's all it is, right? It is pretty large, or pretty pretty slow. Hence probably the E rating. So you see that this, not to get too much into this tool, but you see that it does offer some helpful tips. Here's what you could do to make things faster, right? Because speed is really where it's at when it comes mm -hmm. to our, our website. We want it to load fast. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to be able to do that. We're going to make things faster without any compromise. We're not going to change anything about our website. Good. Just a couple of things in our code. Shall we? Good. Let's go. All I'm right. excited to see this. Okay. So now what I'm going to do, I've got that saved to my desktop. There's the fancy apps. Download from fancyapps.com. Make sure you pronounce the P's, people. <laughs> fancyapps.com. All right. <laughs> I'm bring up my FileZilla here and do a quick upload just so that we have a copy to work on. Demo.cat5.tv slash 015. I'm throwing that in there. Here we go. A couple more files. There we go. Okay, now I'm going to name this one CDN. So now we have an exact copy of that application, but it's now in the CDN folder. So you know that it is exactly the same thing. There, there have been no changes to this script yet, but this is just in another folder, so we can test against itself. So we're going to open that up, and we know that we're looking in the demo folder. This is strictly for the sake of the demonstration, but keep in mind, of course, you're going to be editing files on your own website. So this could be your index.php or perhaps your header.php or whatever you ended up calling it when you built the website. Um, if you're using WordPress or, or something like that, it might be part of your template. Um, so you could actually open your template file and make these same changes to make your WordPress blog faster. So before I actually start editing this code, you see that there's the code for just the, uh, the, the demonstration um, page that comes with fancy box. I want to take a look at the technology that we're going to be utilizing. Content distribution networks mm -hmm. are available from, you know, Google offers uh, a great way to be able to get your um, JavaScript libraries and things like that. Uh, but there's another one that's provided by Cloudflare called CDNJS. That's the one that we're going to be really focused on tonight because our performance tests have really shown that that one performs better. And you can find out more in my blog and we'll bring that up. So understanding, of course, JavaScript is the code that allows you to do some of the more advanced kind of things on your website without mm -hmm. Flash, like the jQuery um, JavaScript uh, functions and files and things. If, for example, I look at the source code of this page, you see that it's actually linking to a bunch of JS files, JavaScript. And these files contain other code. And that's what actually makes it work. There's jQuery, and that's a minified file. So it's wider than it is tall. Lots and lots of functionality there that's provided by JavaScript functions and classes and all that stuff. So uh, so that's all part of it. Now what we want to do is just make it faster. Right. Easy breezy, right? Right. right. <laughs> Without messing anything up. Without messing anything up, yeah. preferably. That's the idea. I mean, if yeah. you can do this and make your website much, much faster with no compromise, with no risks, and your website visitors are just, oh, wow, it loads really, really quick. Mm -hmm. So they, just, they visit you like 10 times instead of one. They just hit their, re like, just hit so their refreshing. Mm -hmm. It could happen. 
and we are literally just getting our feet wet. Okay. So the first of all, I want to go up to Google. And we're going to actually bring up the Google version of jQuery, for example. Uh, jQuery. So it's developers.google.com slash speed slash libraries slash dev guide. Doesn't really matter, but um, a Google search gets you there. And I will post a link in the show notes for episode number 296. But you notice here that available libraries, okay? The reason that I want to show you this is I want to show you how much more versatile CDNJS is. Mm -hmm. Because Google really restricts the amount of JavaScript libraries that are available to you and, and tools that are available. So there are the available libraries from Google. Fine and dandy. So if I go to jQuery, I can actually grab this snippet of code to, to put jQuery into the header of my website so that I no longer have to pull it from my own web server. So to put it into context, what's actually happening is when somebody hits my website, are they going to load all of the files from my server, which means mm -hmm. my server resources are all that it's using? Or is it going to go out and grab some of those resources from outside right. servers and be able to speed up the process and, and do everything in asynchronously so that it happens kind of all at once from all different servers, and then boom, it's up on your screen. That's what we want to get to. So instead of actually hosting everything on our server like we are with that demo code. So there's jQuery for, for, uh, or as provided by Google. So keeping in mind that they don't really offer a whole lot. Okay, so now we're going to go to cdnjs.com. Just like Content Distribution Network JavaScript. Okay, And this system by Cloudflare, uh, which has been basically picked up by Cloudflare, is an exceptional tool for any web developer. Look at, as I scroll, how many tools are here. So if you're already using, say, a JavaScript photo gallery or a JavaScript tool of sorts or jQuery or something like that, chances are really, really good that the script files are available through CDNJS. And if that's the case, we can host them on, on the, in the cloud, good. basically. No having to upload, no having to keep things you know, up to date or whatever. It is right there. Pardon me. Okay, so I'm going to go back to my code here, and I see first and foremost the first JavaScript file is loading from my server, and it's jQuery version 1.9. Okay? So at cdnjs.com, I simply want to use the search up at the top just to, just to make things faster. You don't have to use the search, but it just makes it easier. And I'm going to type in jQuery. And I'm going to get a lot of results because it's also going to give me results for jQuery plugins. But the one that I actually want is the actual jQuery library. Okay? So if I click on that and go over here to versions and files. Oh, I didn't mean to actually click on the name of it. That actually takes me away. <laughs> Let's go back here. Okay, jQuery. Come on. Sorry about that, folks. jQuery. There it is here. Over at the right-hand side, you see an orange button that says version, versions and files. And if I click on that, you see version 2.0, version 1.9.1. And the one that we're looking for is actually 1.9. You'll see that there are a few different versions. This is the full, uncompressed jQuery.js. But then when you see this one here, jQuery.min.js, that means that the file has been minified which means it's a much smaller file than this one. But they both contain the exact same data. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to grab the minified copy just by pointing to it and hitting Control-C. And then I'm going to replace that in my source code. So no longer am I going to be loading it from dot dot slash lib, my local server. I'm going to be loading it from cdnjs.cloudflare, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be getting it from there. So now I'm going to grab all the ones that I possibly can You'll see that the rest of them are pretty much to do with FancyBox, and there's some CSS files as well. So let's go back to Cloudflare, uh, the CDNJS here. Go up to the top, and we're going to type in FancyBox. And you see there it is. So they actually have the tool that we want, but we want to go versions and files. And we are on version 2.1.4, but we want to grab the appropriate files, the CSS files and the JS files. So we'll start at the top here, jQuery, FancyBox, JS version 2.1.4. So over here, grab the JS file. Notice that some of these are CSS. That's button.js. 
that's a GIF file. So you just kind of need to search through here for it. There it is, fancybox.js. And what did we learn? Fancybox min. Oh, that's .css.js. So that's the one we want is the min minified JS file. And we're going to again replace that. Now we want the CSS file of the same type. There it is right there. There's a minified copy. We don't need to edit it, so we're just going to grab the minified copy because it's going to be a lot smaller, which means faster, and paste it in. You'll notice that it adds a slash slash before rather than an HTTP or an HTTPS. What this means is that this code will work on either a secure or an insecure web server. So if you have a secure website, if you're actually doing payment transactions and things, it will automatically roll over to the secure version of the CDN. Oh, good. So you won't have to worry about any kind of cross, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the scripting errors or warnings or anything for your users. Okay, so next up, I've got fancy box buttons. And while this doesn't look too exciting just yet, I want you to stick with me because this is going to get uh, pretty awesome when we actually run a test here and you realize how easy that this is to, to make this change to our site. That should have been the CSS. I grabbed the JS. So here's where the JS goes. Make sure you put them in the right spot. Um, very important. There's the CSS for the buttons. And I'm purposefully working with a, a rather complex script here with a lot of JS includes because I want it to have a fairly good example of, of the difference between CDN and, and non-CDN. Um, so that's why we're working with a file such as FancyBox, but not, not as complicated as you may think. So now we want thumbs, the CSS, so FancyBox thumbs CSS. We'll grab the minified copy again. There we go, paste that in. And now the JS for thumbs. Thumbs JS minified. Okay. And it looks like we've only got one more JS file and then we're done. That's all there is to it. It's called media. So fancybox media.js and media min.js. There we go. So paste that in and hit save. And now I'm going to simply upload that to my server. So uh, FileZilla is going to ask me for that. There we go. And now if I go back to my website, here I am. Again, I'm at CDN. And I'm going to refresh. And you see everything looks oh, just the looks same. The same. Yeah. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually copy that link. And we're going to go back to our performance report. And we're going to say compare to another URL in this case because I want to see the difference here. And we're going to paste in our new URL. This is the CDN version. Here we go. And that's going to go. So are there any uh, JavaScript wow. libraries that you use quite often? or? Um, I'm a jQuery guy. I love jQuery. So oh, you got to see this. I don't know. Honestly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. No, Indeed. I don't have any off the top of my head. <laughs> you folks ready for this? Here is the comparison report between those two sites. Exactly the same content. Exactly the same thing. The one on the right-hand side is the one that we've just simply copied and pasted some CDN links to the JS files, the JavaScript and the CSS files. And that's the difference that we see. Look at the difference wow. as far as we've got. It's just like that. Way better. Way better. Mm -hmm. Here's comparison. So the green here is the normal one, and the blue is the CDN. The, uh, the, this is the score. So it's almost twice as good, if you can. It says higher is better. Let's scroll down a little ways and see. Page load time, 0 0.5 seconds it looks like, as opposed to 0 0.73 or whatever it was. So when you look at it visually, that's basically cut off two-thirds of mm -hmm. the, the page load time just by making that little change. Minification, here's a good example of what minification has done for us. Look at the page size. Lower is usually better. Minification has brought, reduced our page size to uh, just just over two thirds of of the size, and that's all there is to it. So, great tool, wow. gtmetrics.com, to be able to test your site. Now we can go through and we can determine, you know, what else needs to be done. We can go home and we can just run a, a scan on the CDN. 
version of my website and it will now provide me with more information about what I should do to be able to speed up my website. There it goes. Wow, that's really neat. There we go, so now we're up to B. And that's with no other changes. I haven't mm-hmm. done anything else to, to my really website. It's really good at copy and paste. That's it, yeah. copy and paste, control C, control V. Folks, it's easy. I want to draw your attention real quickly uh, before we wrap up just this this one little segment tonight on uh, web design and speeding up our website, baldnerd.com. I wonder whose blog that could be. If you head on over there, yeah, (laughs) good-looking chap, good-looking chap. Uh, On that website, you'll see a blog entry called Make Your Site Faster, Cloudflare, uh, CDNJS versus Google's hosted libraries, shocking results. And it goes into further details that I won't get into tonight, as well as some tests and so, uh, some um, user feedback, people who have actually read the blog and, and posted feedback. There's something, you know, 54 replies there. And you have an opportunity to test um, CDNJS on your own as well. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have a website, you can test it just to see how test much faster websites. it is. Yeah. And it will make a big difference. So, like I say, if you've got a WordPress blog, get into the template file, make the changes. If you're using a, uh, if you've just got a website, you can just go in and easily just drop in those changes. And then you're not going to be serving up the JavaScript and CSS files locally. Instead, you're going to be serving them up from the cloud. Other advantage, just to really briefly touch on it, what what we're looking at here is the live performance of a website. Right. How the CDN JS impacts the the ability of our our site to serve up really really quick javascript css the other advantage is let's say now i'm using jquery Mm 1.9.0 so if i was using that on category 5.tv now you go to my website category 5.tv and you get jquery 1.9.0 from cdnjs so now your browser has a cached copy of that jquery library right Unlike if it was hosted on my website, then it only works if you go to my website and it's mm-hmm. cached. But because it's cached from CDNJS, now if if somebody else has, let's say you have a website and you're also using jQuery's 1.9.0 library on CDNJS, mm-hmm. you're actually going to be s- serving up the cached copy that I got from my website. Oh. So because it's locally stored, I'm not a, I'm not getting it from your server. I'm not getting it from CDNJS because it's already cached it's going to be instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So because of cross-website caching now, um, it even further speeds up the, the perceived speed of websites as well. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to check that out, cdnjs.com. Good. Thanks, everybody. Any uh, questions in the chat room, just join us, Category 5 on Freenode. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. I got taken away by the chat room. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's have a look at what's coming up in the Category 5.tv newsroom. Oh, first story. The U.S. government has demanded designs for a 3D printed gun be taken offline. The order to remove the blueprint, ooh, <laughs> blueprints for the plastic gun comes after they were downloaded more than 100,000 times. Wow. The U.S. State Department wrote to the gun's designer, Defense Distributed, suggesting publishing them online may breach arms control regulations. Although the files have been removed from the company's DEFCAD site, it is not going to stop people from accessing the blueprints, which have been spreading in a viral way. Having been uploaded to the Pirate Bay and then on Reddit, removal from the company's site is not going to affect the availability. Ooh, that's kind of a scary thought. Yeah, a little bit, eh? Yeah, just make your own plastic gun. And now we were looking at a couple weeks ago that they've got a a printer that you can buy for $75, 3D printer, and Mm -hmm. they do, you know, it does small things. That is a small thing, so... I, I think the fear that I've heard has been raised is that it's not so much that you can make your own gun, and mm-hmm. and so there's the you know the whole control issue of right. being able to regulate, but the fact that you could have you could print your own gun anywhere, anytime, with yeah. the raw material. So that becomes scary because w- what is it that you have? What's that? Oh, it's nothing. It's some <laughs> PVC. Yeah. Oh, no big deal. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. That's kind of frightening. Can't stop the pirate bay. Yeah. Even if you want to try, UK. 
Just saying. <laughs> yeah, scary stuff. Good luck stuff. with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of scary. <laughs> Insects. <laughs> Tell me what this All is about. All right. I, will I? Mm-hmm. All right. A study showing how ants tunnel their way through confines confined spaces could aid the design of search and rescue robots according to u.s scientists excellent a team from the georgia institute of technology found fire ants can use their antenna as extra limbs to catch themselves when they fall and can build a stable tunnels in loose sand researchers used high-speed cameras to record in detail this behavior Professor Dan Goldman, who was also involved in the study, explained that the goal was to distill the principles by which the ants and other animals manipulate complex environments and bring them to bear in the design of search and rescue robotics. He says lots of the materials in the disaster sites, landslides, rubble piles, um, are loose materials which are going to potentially have to create structures out of. You might want to, for example, create a temporary structure for people buried down beneath. Makes sense. Fire ants can build stable tunnels in sand or soil with almost no moisture to bind it together. So learning from them might enable designers to build and program robots that solve these same engineering problems. We'll see what the study brings when a giant ant-like robot comes to the rescue. Let's hope they don't bite. <laughs> Yikers. That's very scary and cool. Very scary cool. and cool. That's what, it, that's what we do here, folks. Right. <laughs> As Senate committee said, Apple... Sorry, Apple had used a complex web of offshore entities to avoid paying billions of dollars in U.S. income taxes, but it said there was no indication the firm acted illegally. Apple Chief Tim Cook said, will go before the panel on Tuesday. In prepared testimony, Apple said it did not use tax gimmicks. The Irish Republic, home to three Apple subsidiaries, says it is not to blame for the firm's low tax payments. The U.S. Senate had said that Apple paid little or nothing on billions of dollars in profits placed in Irish sub- subsidiaries. Wow. Apple has has a cash stockpile of $145 billion, but the Senate committee said $102 billion of this was held offshore. Apple stated that it had substantial foreign cash because it sells the majority of its products outside of the U.S., and these foreign earnings were taxed in the uh, jurisdictions where they were earned. Robert Reich, Reich, uh, formerly President Clinton's Labor Secretary, says all they care about, and this is appropriate given that they are in the business of making money, is getting their taxes down, but that doesn't mean that we should buy into their sham argument. Uh, Apple drew criticism three weeks ago when it sold $17 billion in bonds to raise cash to fund payouts to shareholders rather than uh, repatriating some of its cash reserves, which would be taxed in the U.S. It has been estimated that Move saved the company a whopping $9.2 billion in taxes. Yikes. Wow. See what that leads to, eh? (laughs) Up to 22 million login names may have been stolen during a hack attack on Yahoo Japan. A file of ID details for about one-tenth of its 200 million members was stolen during the attack, it said. The file did not include all the information needed by attackers to impersonate users. Despite this, it said it would urge people to change their passwords to thwart attempts to take over Yahoo accounts. Well. Change your passwords, folks. Do it. (laughs) Likely powered by dilithium and enhanced by weapons-grade Nakeda. Nakeda. Yeah, that's what I meant. A $15 million (laughs) computer manufactured by a Canadian company uses quantum physics to boost its speed and is to be installed at a NASA facility in California. It will be shared by Google, NASA, and other scientists, providing access to a machine said to be up to 3,600 times faster than conventional computers. Unlike standard machines, the D-Wave 2 processor appears to make use of an effect called quantum tunneling. This allows it to reach solutions to certain types of mathematical problems in crazy time. Basically, it can try all possible solutions at the same time and select the best. Wow. Get this. Google wants to use the facility to find out how quantum computing might advance techniques of machine learning and artificial intelligence, including voice recognition. Wow, bring it on, Mr. Data. NASA, on the other hand, will likely use the machine for scheduling problems or to study rocks or something. Really cool like that. Yeah. 
You guys can get the full stories at category five oh category five tv slash newsroom the category five tv newsroom is researched by roy w nash and heather bailey brown with contributions by our community of viewers if you have any uh if you have any news stories that you think are worthy of on-air mention you can email us at newsroom at category five tv for the category five tv newsroom i'm krista wells just a side note krista that was a mouthful all of that <laughs> People in the chat room thanking you for the Stargate references ah, and the Star Trek references. Good. Um, the Dr. Pulaski in unintentional reference. Good. <laughs> Glad we'll I could oblige. If, yeah. All right. Hey, tonight's show is brought to you in part by Netflix. Get your free one month trial at cat5.tv slash Netflix. Yeah, that is unlimited all you can view Netflix. And you can have a big deal. Arrested Development. Yes. All right. Available on Netflix only. If you can watch it in one month, it's free. There you go, folks. Cat5.tv slash Netflix. Catch the brand new season mm-hmm. of Arrested Development. I'm excited. Also, Category 5 Technology TV is brought to you tonight in part by NetTalk. Now with unlimited text messaging, you can eliminate the need for a wireless text plan from your cell phone provider. Upgrade your NetTalk Duo account with the NetTalk Text Plan. For the cost of a couple of cups of coffee per month, you'll receive unlimited texting throughout the USA and Canada. Check out cat5.tv slash phone and you're going to start saving money instantaneously. Good. Yeah. We like to save money. Instantaneous money saving. Good. All right. Well, I've got some great questions here. You feel like answering some great questions? Do I ever. Well, thanks for sending your uh, questions, folks. Uh, if you've got a question, by the way, you can email Krista. It's live at category5.tv while she's sitting at this desk. So uh, make sure you do that if you've mm-hmm. got your question or join us in the chat room. We welcome your questions there as well. All right. Oh, howdy, y'all. I just watched the retro gaming episode this afternoon. Talk about memories. Mm-hmm. My first games that I would play for hours at home were Forbidden Forest on the VIC20. The VIC20. My first computer. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Not really no? a computer at all. No. I didn't know what it was. Those things so are awesome. Vic 20, show, before your time, yeah. before you were born. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting Way to note. Date myself. Right. <laughs> Interesting note about those cassette decks. They were actually 300 baud. Is that right? Yeah. Acoustic modems. The next biggie for me was Elite on the C64. I can't begin to tell you how much time I spent playing this instead of watching TV from Randy. That is interesting about the uh, cassette decks. We used to, before we had like microchips, Uh we had cassettes, audio cassettes, and you could record our computer data to that. Interesting to note that it's actually a 300 baud modem. I didn't know that. So it was actually recording that data transmission in an, I guess, like, it uses an audible format, right? So that's why when you you know remember dial up, sure. and it was like like that. I remember that. That's what the audio cassette sounded like. Really? Yeah. So it makes sense, but it would be only one directional, at least at, at any given time. That's kind of cool. Thanks for the little tidbit. Awesome. A little blast from the past. Yeah. Now I know how the technology from 1976 works. <laughs> I understand it. Take you to figure out this year's technology. No, that's not happening. No. Now, how did that cassette (laughs) that used to be able to store like you know uh, twenty kilobits, and now we've got the whatever it really is? I don't know. I mean, my camera's got a thirty-two gigabyte card in it. Right. And you still run out of space. Oh yeah. Once in a while. Yep. Back up. (laughs) Always back up. Oh, what else do you have for us? A question from Trevor. Hey, Trevor. Hi, Robbie. In episode 266, you answer a viewer's question on how to connect to a server by editing the FS tab file. I was trying to connect to mine, and this worked for me. Good. However, I installed the new Debian 7, and that doesn't work anymore. It mentioned something about not supporting SMBFs. Mm. Um, My question, as you have probably guessed, is how do I connect it to my NAS now? Right. Okay, so they've got a NAS device, network attached storage, somewhere in the house, mm-hmm. and they've got it connected through their FS tab file. Okay. Which is 
that when you reboot your computer, it mounts that drive as if it was another hard drive in your computer. Okay. So now I can access it without having to go through any hoops. It's literally just a hard drive in my computer. Mm-hmm. Linux is brilliant for that. But with SMBFS, that's the old Samba file system, I think, or uh, but for the SMB protocol, Samba, um, it's been deprecated and, and replaced with CIFS. So in order to change that, you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised how easy that is. I'm just going to bring up a terminal window here. All right. So you'll see what happens. I'm actually in Debian 7 because this is Point Linux uh, 12.04, or 13.04, pardon me. So I'm going to go sudo apt-get install smbfs just to demonstrate what's going to happen here. Uh, Sorry. SMBFS has no installation candidate uh, because the following package replaces it, CIFS. So what you actually want to do then is see the CIFS-utils? That's the one we want to install, sudo apt-get. So do this on your computer. Don't worry about it. Uh, sudo apt-get install CIFS-utils. And it's going to go through and let it go. Yes, let's do that. When I say don't worry about it, I mean this is literally a direct replacement for SMBFS, so you're not going to have any trouble with getting that NAS working on your computer. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to work just like you would expect. But there's going to be some benefits because CIFS now has eliminated the SMBFS. And I know it sounds like I'm throwing out a lot of (laughs) acronyms. We'll call it uh, the Samba uh, file system. Okay, so the old version had a 2 gigabyte file limit file size limit. So if you were in the middle of recording a video and it hit the 2 gig mark, guess what? Eh, right. It's corrupt. Not a good Oops. situation. Or you're trying to transfer a great big, you know, 4 gigabyte ISO image over the network and SMBFS, you know, chokes out because it can't do that because <laughs> it's 2 gigabytes. So then CIFS fixes that. Also, CIFS will this is the new version, will work better with things like network dropouts. So if your network uh, loses its connection, you won't have to reboot your computer or reinitiate the mount command, uh, sudo mount-a. You won't need to do that in order to, um, in order to keep up and running. It's going to be more persistent. Keep in mind there, with my command that I use to install it, now, of course, I'm on Point Linux, so I had typed sudo apt-get install CIFS utils. If you're on true Debian 7, you'll just type su and then hit enter. That will make you super user, and then you leave out the sudo command and enter it like that. So now that I have that installed, so I've got CIFS installed, now I can go su or sudo in my case. And depending on what you're using, I'm using Pluma. You might be using Nano. And these are your text editors, right? Um, So let's do it through Pluma, etc, fs tab. So what I've just said is become super user, open my text editor, and open this file, fs tab. So that file, I have a sample smbfs share, okay? And it's just, it's probably strikingly similar to the one that you have, just that your mount points and, and everything are set. So where it says smbfs, Change that, C-I-F-S. Save your file, close it, and then you type sudo, or in, in your case, if you're on True Debian, just S-U, enter, but in my case, sudo mount-a. The command is mount-a. That is going to go through all your FS tab and mount everything that it finds there without having to reboot your computer. It's also a great way for you to be able to test if you're messing around with FS tab and you're not too sure. It's not safe to reboot your computer. It's not a good way to test, right? Because what if you've broken something and then all of a sudden your whole file system can't mount because FS tab, which tells it how to mount, uh, is broken. So typing mount a will tell you that, hey, there's something wrong or it will actually just work. So much safer way to do it. Thank you very much for the question. I hope that 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 helps you out. Good. All right. Uh, There's a question Uh, from Robert. 
Hey, Robert. says, hi, Robbie and Krista. This is a follow-up to my question regarding getting Steam working on Point Linux from episode 295. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am uh, I am using Point Linux 64-bit, and I have tried that command you suggested without success. Due to this and my email client evolution not working, I have gone back to Zorin OS. Okay. Although it is not perfect, at least the program I use does work. Um, so for the time oh. being, I will stick with Zorin OS. Burn. Thank you for your help. <laughs> Linux is fun. As far as I'm concerned, Linux is fun because we get to play and work our way through these little, if you run into those kinds of issues. I'm curious as to why you can't get Steam installed, and I think maybe we'll dedicate a show to simply installing Mm -hmm. Steam on on Point Linux just to show you how it's done. But certainly with Evolution, I'm just going to bring up Synaptic Package Manager. And this is where the show gets really real because if you, if there's a problem with the installer, then we're gonna we're gonna encounter it right now. Uh, I'm gonna type in evolution in Synaptic Package Manager, and you'll see that I've got it here. And I'm gonna see where that's getting that from. That is from uh, where does it show me? It's in there anyway. I'm going to mark it for installation, all right, Robert? To be installed, okay. It's going to install BOGO, spam filters, evolution, a bunch of other search tools. and That all sounds reasonable. It's not uninstalling anything. And uh, let's hit apply. Bef- before I do that, Robert, I'll just show you what repositories I have set up, just in case it's as simple as that. Um, so I've got non-free... Uh, checked off contrib did you open the non-free i don't know <laughs> but let's see let's see if this actually runs let's let's do it moment of truth for for point linux here so when you send in a question and when you say you know something didn't work or mm-hmm. uh, you know here robert is a good example you've got steam and evolution are not working for you on point linux I'd love to know more. I'd love for you to tell me, okay, well, what's the error? Uh, what, what is it that's actually happening? Because maybe someone else is experiencing that same thing. I know that you've, by, you know, you've defaulted back to something that you're comfortable with, so an OS. And that's fine. If it's working for you, um, then that's, that would be my next choice as well. Um, but maybe we could fix this. Maybe we could make it, make it go, as I say to the kids. Yeah, let's make it go. <laughs> let's make it go, Robert. Uh, there are a fair number of packages there, 45 for uh, Evolution. Here it comes. It's at 27 here. Um, but, yeah, when you send us an email, let us know kind of what more, a little bit about what the problem is, and, uh, and that way we can, we can be of a little bit more help. But I do want to see if that works. Good. Any questions uh, coming in the chat room or... Uh, there's Anything a second, there's a little oh, PS a little to more? this. All it's right. not a question. Cool. But he says, a word of advice for Eric. Oh, for Eric. Mm-hmm. If, we'll Eric comes, along. if Eric comes to Australia and doesn't want to seem like a tourist, don't say, good day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> good day, mate. I never hear that saying that, apart yeah. from in tourist ads for Australia. All right, folks, then when you good come to, to Canada, don't you don't say, need to end everything with A. Yeah. You don't say, where's the igloos or... Polar what bear else? races. Yeah. We don't have those. Hey, dude, say out and about. Yeah. Yeah, that boot, gets tiring. Boot, a boot. Boot and a boot. We don't actually talk like that. I don't say that. I don't get it. And yet people still laugh at me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maybe it's not because you're Canadian. has nothing to do with the Canadianisms. A bald nerd. Maybe that's it. Maybe. .com. How do you like that little ad right there? <laughs> it's pretty good. This is coming, Robert. Here we go. This is real time. It's coming through. Come on slow and steady yeah well not that slow considering you know i didn't have to track down the file or anything or go through any hoops to be able to get evolution looks like it's working to me the moment of truth though robert will be when i click on it and actually open evolution for the first time on my point linux machine will it work right and if it does then the question comes down well what do you mean it didn't work (laughs) what's the error message that you got what's the problem are you perhaps trying to build from source from something else. Oh, it's done. Uh, notice I'm just using Synaptic Package Manager, so I'm not going through any of those hoops. Uh, all right, Internet. Don't see it there yet. System tools. No. Okay. Tidy. Let's see. I'm going to hit Alt-F2. I'm going to type in evolution. 
the suspense. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Came up. There we go. It's prompting me to create my profile and go through just like it normally would. So it seems that evolution works. I mean, I'm, I don't have a profile to create. To you know, you got to go through the initial setup, but it looks like it's working, right? Kind of. <laughs> so clever. It's probably gonna look it up and see if it's actually <laughs> working. ASDF, ASDF. That's the, your name, and uh, you're a star now, buddy. Continue, continue. Come on. Apply. I just wanted to get through that. There we go. Evolution is up, which is really like Microsoft Outlook, but it's absolutely free. What? What? But you say that, and Microsoft Outlook is like a billion dollars. True. Just saying. But it it runs. There it is. Yeah. Cool. From Synaptic Package Manager. No having to build packages myself. No having to go through any hoops. Good stuff. And installed. It works. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know. We'd be happy to help. (laughs) Well, that's all the questions I have. Is that it? That's it. Any comments? Hmm. Jot says, where's the igloos, mate? Hey. (laughs) Nice. That's like a... a where, where's the igloos mate? That's really uh, mixing things up there, Jot it's from Netherlands. It's offended a whole bunch of people. Jot's from Netherlands. <laughs> All right. I want to show you... Um, we've looked occasionally at some clever phishing scams yes. here on Category 5 Technology TV. And the reason that I show you and, and why Krista and I like to show you um, phishing scams mm-hmm. is not to show you anything that is malicious but instead to help you to learn how these things trick you so that you can be safe and i got this this one i'm going to actually just i'm going to because i i want to keep people's email addresses private i am simply going to copy this to um well let's see if i can hide your email address here hopefully i can and if not i'll okay yeah that worked okay I got this email. It's text only, but fairly convincing if you are a LogMeIn user. Dear client, you're receiving this notification because you have chosen LogMeIn software as the remote control solution of your business. We have been informed that a remote execution vulnerability exists in the LogMeIn software, which allows hackers to compromise a successfully exploited computer. So immediately that sounds scary, and I want to figure out what's going on and i'm apt to click on the link which says this emergency patch can be downloaded from the following and it's https colon slash slash secure dot logmein.com and there's a download link and it's going to take me i would assume to logmein.com right Mm -hmm. what have we already learned on the show though about those links that come to us in email it's that they're not always as they appear right right so trust it exactly if I mouse over that, notice down at the bottom there, that's the actual link. Hydroxinc.com slash login patch, whatever. Okay? So obviously it's not coming from HTTPS colon slash slash secure dot logmein. It's coming from that weird website slash logmein patch. Likely a virus could be uh, something that gives, ironically, it could be something that gives the attacker access to your computer, for example. It could be a keylogger, so mm-hmm. the next time you log in to log me in, they're tracking you using your username and password. Next time you right. punch your debit card information into uh, your online banking, they could be tracking that and having it sent to themselves. So just another good example of you know a, a clever phishing scam that immediately grasps you and says, okay, you are a user of this software, which maybe I'm not, right? but one in every ten is. Like, one in every ten person mm-hmm. is going to go, oh, yeah, I am. So you have to watch out for this stuff because you can't think, oh, well, it's got to be legitimate because they say I'm a user. No, because they're going to send it to a million people. And if 1% yeah. of those people are LogMeIn users, for the example, then they, they've got their in. Exactly. So watch out. Yeah. Uh, I have a question here in the chat room. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Invincible Mutant says, I have a problem on SHHFS. 
uh, when mounting my two terabyte drive. It does not give you the right drive uh, the right drive size, hence when I back up big files to the drive, it always complains I don't have enough space. I'm assuming that he means SSHFS? SSHFS. Is that? Oh, okay. Oh, yes, it got, yeah, it was corrected down below. SSHFS. Okay. So what's the problem? It's not detecting the correct space. So SSHFS is now mounting a remote computer's hard drive via the SSH protocol, which is really cool and really an awesome thing to be able to do. Uh, but it's detecting the size incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Two terabyte drive does not give the right drive size. When I back up big files to the drive, it always complains that I haven't got enough space. Are the files large? Um, in that, could they be surpassing the, the ability to save over that protocol? I don't know if there are limitations or anything like that. But unfortunately, I don't. I don't really know what that could be. Just like that. Um, without knowing more about the system and, and how it's working. So you could perhaps send us an email, Invincible Mutant, with um, your FS tab entry. I'm assuming you're doing it through FS tab. Um, if you're using the mount command, um, you could send that to us as well, and I can take a look. Um, and then just to know how much hard drive space is actually there and how much you're trying to put on it. Because keep in mind that there is a certain amount of overhead that even if you think that you have you know, two terabytes it's not actually literally two terabytes mm-hmm. because there's a lot of overhead and, and two terabytes is not actually the capacity of that drive um, because of the overhead and, and because of the way that the file system is structured. Um, so it's quite a bit less than that. So if you think that you have literally that and you're pushing, if you're pushing to the edge of, okay, it's almost full, but it says that I have 400 megs and I'm only copying 350, why isn't it copying? It's quite possible that that overhead is is what could be throwing you off. Um, but we need to know more about your setup and maybe even have a look if you want me to. Uh, it sounds like you're on Linux, so I could SSH in if you want to open us up. Um, pop me an email and we'll, we'll talk about it. So Good. See what we can do. Uh, you have time for more question? Sure. Uh, here's a question from Sprint Cowboy. Hey, Sprint Cowboy. It says, how do you make a group and how do you assign the users to the same group through the client side since there is no GUI? CLI? Through the oh, so on, the, on the command um, line interface. And he says he is using Linux Mint. And so are you doing like a server environment? You want to be able to do this? Should be able just to create the group with group add, right? Um, group add being the command, user add to add a user to that uh, or, or to the system. Um, maybe send me a, a bit more information. Kind of a depends on what what you're doing. Uh, if I get you right, though, it's just group add. Um, do that and and type dash dash help for more information or use the man pages. Let's see, group add dash dash help. Group. I thought so, but I don't seem to have that on here. Sorry. <laughs> oh well. I just am looking at the clock and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Don't know what to tell you if I don't have time to look at my server. I just have to send a detailed email. I appreciate that anyway. Is that it? I'm, I'm That's trying. That's it, yeah. I'm, and then while well, he's okay. feverishly typing. Yeah, because I'm going to check my server. If I have it there. Oh, you know why? Oh, my goodness. I'm guessing because I didn't type sudo when I tried it. Is there a light bulb? Yeah. Is there a light bulb? Is that just a reflection? Light reflection. <sighs> That's exactly what it is. It's not in my path when I'm not root. Ah, uh, pseudo group. <laughs> you feel like you uh, time constraints? <laughs> Robbie was right. <laughs> uh, there you have it, folks. <laughs> anyway. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're completely out of time. (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, your questions. Do email us live at category5.tv. Certainly if if you have questions that require a little bit more explanation, I'd love to receive them by email because then we can have a bit of a back and forth before the show. Uh, But um, in the meantime, join us in the chat room throughout the week. Category 5 on Freenode. Krista, congratulations again. Thanks. And uh, good to see you. 
Thanks yeah, for being here too. tonight. Good to see you guys. Have a great night, everybody. See you, see you next week. enjoyed the show category 5 tv broadcasts live from barry ontario canada every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern if you're watching this on demand or through cable tv check out the local show times in your area at category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room category 5 is a production of prodigy digital solutions and is licensed under creative commons attribution 2.5 canada we'll see you